You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Squishy and squeezable squabbling squires, welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 108, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your practically praiseworthy prancy pranksters. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm the squishiest of all, Chris. <laughs> and, uh, well, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. And you guys have your barnyard buzzers. I have a random Trivial Pursuit card from the box. Uh, here we go. Blue Wedge for Geography. Uh, what San Francisco bookstore was founded by beat poet Lawrence Ferlinghetti? Oh, wow. You guys all... City Lights. Was, What's thing? special about the bookstore? It's just, just they're like the yeah. landmark bookstore Kerouac. of the beat generation. Yeah, yeah Ginsburg oh. and Kerouac yeah. and Ferlinghetti. Near the strip clubs. Interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. Pink Wedge for pop culture. What duo wrote the movies Fargo, Raising Arizona, and Blood Simple? Joel, Joel and Ethan, Ethan Cohen. Yes. I've never heard of Blood Simple. Is that earlier or yeah, recent? That was their first early. movie. That was Got the it. first movie. All right. All right. Yellow Wedge. Who was the first female U.S. Speaker of the House? Chris. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Correct. Mm-hmm. And Purple Wedge, what comic strip character shares a name with a muddy rock festival? Uh, Colin. Woodstock. Yes. Yeah. From Peanuts. What kind of bird is Woodstock? Do we know? I mean, Canary? he's yellow. But he has like a crazy hair. Yeah. He's got no. hair like Calvin from Calvin no and No one knows. What kind of a dog is Snoopy? No one knows. Beagle. Beagle. <laughs> You just got trolled. You just got beagle trolled. (laughs) All right, Green Wedge for science. What company was originally known as Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing? Everybody. 3M. Oh, I was going to say M&M's. M&M&M's. We got rid of one of the M's. Don't don't ask what happened to that third M. (laughs) Last question, Orange Wedge. My name is Earl, star Jason Lee. Also from Mallrats mm-hmm. and many other movies, was a professional athlete before becoming an actor. What was his sport? Hmm. Oh, I oh, just wanted to He's not he's not a big guy. Like baseball or something, maybe. Well, that's not a bad guess. I don't think it was You like... can call it a sport. Oh you can call it. Uh, <laughs> Chris. Ultimate Frisbee. No. <laughs> Golf? No. no. Mm, swimming? He was a professional skateboarder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that. Huh. Okay. Well, good job, brains. Wow, and thanks. we have a uh, one lobe trotter fact from one of our fans. Lobe trotters are our fan club members, and Ginger Turner wrote us a very cool mnemonic for remembering when, <laughs> for the very specific function of remembering when uh, J.R.R. Tolkien died. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Tolkien, author of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, died in 1973. Mm-hmm. And how you can remember this, uh, Ginger said, is reversing the numbers in the ring poem in the book. So the poem. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the poem. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky, mm-hmm. seven for the dwarf lords in the Hall of Stone. Nine for mortal men doomed to die, and ah. one for the dark lord on his dark throne. Ah. And reverse, you know, it's three, seven, nine, one reverses 
1973, which is the year Tolkien died. I appreciate the mnemonic, but there is no way that that would help me. Like, I, I have better luck just remembering <laughs> 1973. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But it's fun that it's uh, it's connected to the poem. And there's a and she she wrote bonus somewhat related fact. It's kind of macabre. C.S. Lewis, also famous author of the Narnia series, died on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three which is the same day as JFK was assassinated. Oh. Fun fact. And then, goes, <laughs> and then she goes, thanks, Karen, Dana, Colin, and Chris. Uh-uh. Death, death, death. Bye. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Yeah, that was good. Well, thank yeah. you, Ginger. Thanks, thanks Ginger. I, will, I, I don't think I'll forget those, those years. I think yeah. I'll remember that. Yeah. I like your yeah. handwriting. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Thank you. So let's start the show this week. Big exciting news inspired by you, Chris. Our theme for this episode. Do you even remember? <laughs> I feel like you should. Jerks throughout history. <laughs> what is the... Oh no, I prepared oh, for the wrong show. Yes. Oh, Squishy right. podcast hosts. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I can announce this to all of the Good Job Brain listeners because my mom knows. Um, I wouldn't want to. Well, I wouldn't want to tell you before her. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yes, we're close. Um, now, we're close but uh, Regina, my wife, and I are going to have a baby. Yay! Yay. Mostly, have... mostly Regina is going to have. How, how did um, it get there? I'll stand around. How is Babby formed? Um, I really have no idea. Um, I was just informed. Yeah, and so um, man, we're very listeners excited. of the show have witnessed your wedding. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. now, now, well, like you're not preggers. Your wife is preggers. Right, exactly. Yeah. So they've They're seen pre- me go yeah. from. It's not junior. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This yep. week we decided, and also actually we had a really fun. Sorry, we had a really we're going to be pod parents. <laughs> pod parents. <laughs> yep. Yep. Your pod, pod father. Pod mom. Yeah. Pod. Yep. A couple episodes ago, Dana had a really good quiz from a baby shower you went to. Yeah. So this week we decided to talk about uh, kids and baby stuff. So, let me tell you a little story. At some point in the mid to late 2000s, um, a very angry man stormed into a Target store just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he demanded to see the manager. And he was, in the words of the New York Times, which reported this story, he was clutching a stack of coupons that had been sent to his home addressed to his high school-age daughter. Oh. His young teenage daughter. And he said, what are you people sending to my children? My daughter is in high school, and you are mailing her coupons for baby clothes and baby cribs and baby formula. What, are you trying to encourage the young people to get pregnant because of hot deals at Target on these items? Now, a more level-headed person... Because that's why kids are pulling around. That's why. That's why. Because of the deal. Now, a more level-headed person who does not get angry at his junk mail and storm in a fit of rage into the local Target might have thought, oh, maybe... They just, this is just the mailing list for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they didn't just send it, like, it's not hand addressed to his daughter. Maybe <laughs> it's just what everybody got, and my daughter's on the mailing list. And he really thought that they had targeted eh, his daughter with these specific coupons mm-hmm. in an effort to <laughs> encourage, encourage her to teen pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, of course, the manager, you know, the customer is always right. This guy might be a little loopy, but the manager apologizes profusely. I'm so sorry, sir. I, I, I don't know why these were sent to your daughter. I'm very sorry, sir. You know, 
please give us your business later. And then the manager actually follows up a few days later, calls again, really good customer service. He's just like, hi, this is, you know, so-and-so, the manager at Target. You know, we, we had the incident a few days ago, and I really just, again, wanted to express my, 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 my apologies. And the dad is like, yeah, about that? <laughs> yeah, it actually, yeah, my daughter is actually pregnant so, so yeah. the dad apologizes oh um, that's good that's good and as it turns out the dad uh was half right because target did know that his daughter was pregnant and target absolutely sent her those coupons because know? target knew that yeah. she was gonna have a baby gee how did target know well, let's take a trip back. This to, scares me. Let's take a trip yeah. back to small town America, okay. as we as we always <laughs> love to do. Um, when you know when you would visit your local store, you were on a first name basis, probably oh, with yeah. the guy behind the counter. And you know, if you bought something, you knew it, and they knew it. They were sort of a they were the holder of the town's secrets, right? Yeah. Right? They knew what everybody in the town was up to because you had to come to them to buy whatever it was. So if you needed. Cream for your bunions. I don't know. Bunions sound like an old timey thing. Sure. <laughs> Bunion is like bone disalignment. Sure. Like, yeah. You don't put you know. a cream well, on back it. in the well, day, that's why they were they selling did. so much cream. <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say hemorrhoid cream. So yeah. when you're like, if you, you know, need cream yeah, exactly. for your butt, for, I was like, butt. Yeah. No. So let's say okay. hemorrhoid cream. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, you need that. So the local, the guy behind the counter, he was he was the keeper of all of the secrets. Now, of course, in the modern day, now, and if they were smart, they'd they'd try to anticipate your needs. You know, knowing what kind of a customer you were. The modern day Colosso Mart big box store impossible. Too the, many the, things. Too many things. Too many, too many people. people. Millions of customers. Yeah. Different teenager behind the register every every day you go up there. There's no way they could do it. But if you're paying with a credit card, yeah. then you are give you are handing them your data. You are handing them every single thing that you've ever bought, and then you're giving them your name, and they have all of that data. Mm-hmm. It's there. They've got it. The question is, you have all of this data. What are you going to do with it? You can analyze it after the fact. You can, you can look at, you know, what items do different customers buy together, sure. you know, so we'll have a sale on both those things or we'll oh put them closer God, together or further so apart. Smart. Right. I mean, you know, they have it all and people are just yeah. handing it to them so they can kind of use that data. But the holy grail for Target was, can we predict mm. what you're going to buy? In the future, based on past purchases, the real holy grail was, can we figure out, based on your current purchases, if you are going to have a baby? Because... As soon as people have babies, they are, they need a whole bunch of stuff. They're gonna start spending all kinds of money. And, what people were doing was going to people saying, hey, do you have a baby? Shop here. But if they could go to you beforehand and say, hey, are you gonna have a baby? Shop here. Then they're hitting you while you're still pregnant, yeah, right? So yeah. they can they can get to you potentially first. And what happens is when you have that big life change, they have the opportunity to bring you in and make you a customer, not just for the baby stuff, but everything else. You know, because you're already going there for your baby stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You got to pick a baby stuff place. So what yeah. are these have items? What are so these clues? What are these clues? So basically, Target had an in-house statistician, and this is the guy who was profiled by the New York <laughs> Times in this big thing. And and they asked him, like, you know, is this possible? And he put a prediction model together. So he started with, you know, besides the credit card, you know, information, people would voluntarily give info to Target. So, for example, they would set up their baby registry at Target, and okay. that involves okay. giving them your your name sure. and all okay. the stuff you're going to buy. So he kind of starts there. 
And he doesn't just look at what's on that list, but he looks at, okay, well, the people that set this up, you know, what else have they have they purchased? Unscented lotion, unscented soap, cotton ah. balls, vitamin supplements, cocoa butter. People who oh. started buying these things, he could ascertain if they really stepped up their purchases of them yeah. over a period of time. Something figures, happening. you know what, I think that they're pregnant. Not only that, he worked on this model. This model got so good that not only could he figure out if a customer was pregnant, he could he could take a stab at their due date. He could get it <laughs> like to how far in advance they would start buying. Get it to within a couple of months because they start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the magic here is that you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and you can look through the historical data. Yeah, right. So now, okay, so now they've got a model, and they have figured out they can predict when someone's due date is, and they have their address, and they have their information, and they can start sending them promotions that are geared towards this. So what do they do? They put, you know, they put, what do you do? You put together a coupon book that's like, hey, congratulations on your baby. Consider shopping at Target for all of this baby stuff. Here's some great deals for you. This turns out to be the worst possible idea (laughs) because people got freaked out. It's so scary. It would be so scary, right? How do you know I'm pregnant? I didn't tell anybody I'm pregnant. How are you sending this thing telling me, hey, here you (laughs) are, bun in the oven. My my father doesn't know, but Target knows. Right, exactly. So they tried it on a very small scale. They kind of did an A-B test, and that was the A, and that did not work. (laughs) Um, But this is what they did. They're like, oh, here's a coupon book from Target. And then it's like, here's a deal on blank CDRs. Here's a deal on diapers. Here's a deal on whiskey. Here's a deal mm-hmm. on baby formula. Where So they kind of scatter it. Yeah, it was heavily, <laughs> heavily baby stuff themed, but with enough other completely unrelated items baby in there, thing, yeah. this has been a colossal success <gasps> for them. Wow. Like Like billions with a B. Like mm-hmm. that is that is how much more money they are now making. They don't they don't like break it out, you know, in their reports. But like it's it's been pointed out that like they they have huge revenue increases, and they will call out like we're doing really well in the mom and baby department. It's funny there was I, I couldn't really independently research this, but they note in the in the New York Times article like for some reason. People get into habits with their shopping. They they just go to the same place. They buy the same stuff, right? If there is a major life event, like you get married, you move in with someone, you get divorced, you know, you have a baby, you graduate from school. Like when you have a major psychological like life event happen to you, that is the moment where Mm. you might actually also start totally changing your Mm. shopping behavior, going to new stores, buying new things you haven't bought before. There was something in there about like when Hmm. people get married, they start buying different coffee. Huh. Like just just weird oh, stuff oh, like oh, that. Oh, it's compromised coffee, right? <laughs> it's like his and her coffee. Yeah, well, yeah. where you're just like, oh, that wouldn't that wouldn't have been the coffee I picked, but I think the other person likes it, yeah. and I think they did it too. And it's like, all right, we'll just pick the oh, Henry. Yep. Yeah. So it is about predicting major life changes and and trying to capitalize on that opportunity because the business is going to go to somebody. How do you get yeah. it to go to, to you? I have a quiz for you guys about children who were nominated, nominated and won or nominated and lost Academy Awards. Ah. Oh. The youngest Academy Award nominees and winners, right. which comes up in trivia. A lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Enough, enough that we should know the answers to these questions. Okay. All right. right. A little caveat. You have to listen really carefully for 
category and like yeah. whether nominee or winner because okay. they're different qualifiers. But there's a pool of kids you should know about. Okay. 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 <laughs> they're watching you when you sleep. There's a whole pool of kids. <laughs> yeah. Pools full of kids. Get them out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a pool full of kids, and I can tell you, you don't, yeah. That water is yeah. salty. No, yeah. no don't no. submerge oh, your that's head. Right, you used to be a, a camp counselor. I did, right? I did. And I, I don't think we were the first ones to do this, but we would tell the kids every year there's a special chemical in the of course, pool that yeah. would change color if they pee in the pool. So people will know, right? Well, hopefully, yeah. yeah. So everyone would know there'd be a bright red cloud around you. I, yeah. I was in the pool once, and this girl was like, wait a minute, I have to go to the bathroom. I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw her get out and then just walk to another area of the pool and get back in. And I was like, ah! <laughs> 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 kids. But we mean a metaphorical pool. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. First question. Who was the first child winner of an Academy Award? Everybody. Shirley Temple. Temple. It was yes. a non-competitive Oscar. Junior. It was right. a juvenile. Right. It was an achievement award. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. She won when she was six years old. Mm-hmm. A lifetime wow. achievement. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's all downhill from here, kid. <laughs> no, 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 a lifetime achievement. <laughs> no, but it was it's a special a, achievement. Yeah. Them. Yeah. But it wasn't her versus other kids and she won. It was yeah. like, right. they, created, they created yeah. it just to honor yeah. her. Yeah. They, they yeah. felt weird about nominating her for an actual Academy Award because she was yeah. six years old. But right. Yeah. She's so good. She did such a good job. Mm. Anyway. All right. In 2002, at the age of 12, this girl became the youngest ever Oscar nominee for Best Actress. She held this title until 2013 when another actress took the honor of the um, youngest person nominated. Oh, who was the one actress? Who was the one in 2002? And then who was the one in 2013? Lead actress? Best actress. Best yeah. actress. Okay. Yeah, not so supporting. That, so that's lead. Okay. Yeah. That's too late. I was thinking it was Natalie Portman, but that's too late. Um, I say Keisha. I heard the whale rider. Oh Night yeah, Kaya, Keisha oh. Knight. Keisha, oh, you're so close. Oh, you're thinking of Rudy from the Cosby Show. Oh yeah, Keisha, that's right. Keisha Knight Polyam no. versus Kira Knightley. But yeah, Keisha um, Castle Hughes. Yeah. Keisha Castle, Castle Hughes. not Knight. Yeah, Knight. Okay, oh, yeah, so okay. close. Wow. Keisha Castle Hughes, and it was overtaken. Yes, in, in 2013. Oh, is that by Wallace? Uh, Wallace. Right. Yes, Convenzene Wallace. Yes, Convenzene Wallace. Beast of the Southern, Southern Wild. Wild. Yeah, yeah, she was nine. So cute. Oh, so cute. All right. The youngest person nominated for an Academy Award ever was uh, Justin Henry, who was nominated for an Oscar when he was eight. Hmm. What movie was he in? Justin Henry? Yes. Oh! Eight. Oh! What's that? Isn't that E.T.? No. no. Wait, for what category? That was Henry Thomas. Uh, here's the thing. Have we heard of this movie? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, All yes. Right. Okay. To Kill a Mockingbird. It was Kramer versus Kramer. Oh! Yeah. Okay. He, was, he was young Kramer. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Last question. Put these people in order from oldest to youngest at the time of their nomination for an Oscar. Okay. They were all nominated for supporting actress. Okay. All right. We have Tatum O'Neill. We have Jodie Foster. Anna Paquin and Abigail Breslin. Right. Old, oh, oldest to youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, oldest, I, be- I believe. Oldest was Jodie Foster. I think she was fifteen. 
I think Tatum O'Neill was the youngest. 11. Mm-hmm. She was at the mm-hmm. time, she was the youngest. I think Tatum O'Neill was 11 or 10, and at then the, Anna Paquin was 9. At the time of their nine. nomination. Anna, well, here's the thing. So well, Anna Paquin was the youngest in the movie, in the movie. she appeared oh, right, in, but when right, she won the award, it, it's The movie like, hadn't come out for a while. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. She, was, she was the youngest. Um, Tatum O'Neill, I think, was like a year older than she was, and so I would have to go with... Jodie Foster, Abigail Breslin, Tatum O'Neill, Anna Paquin. Yeah. I say switch the last two for me. Oh, no, okay. I, I agree with Chris. I think that's the, yeah. So it was Jodie Foster, who was 14 years and 83 days old. For taxi, taxi driver. driver. For a taxi driver, yes. Then came then came Anna Paquin for the oh. piano, oh. who was 11 years old and 200 days. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it got down to days. Okay, okay. Because, because the next person was Abigail Breslin. Little Miss Sunshine, who is 10 years old and 284 days. She was almost 11. Mm-hmm. She was like 100 days out from 11 or so. And then came Tatum O'Neill for okay. Paper Moon. For Paper Moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tatum O'Neill was the youngest, and she's held this record for 40 years. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good job, you guys. So, of course, in this baby, kid, child, offspring uh, episode, I want to talk about non-human babies and offsprings <laughs> mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of a nightmare animal later. Awesome. Um, but before that... <laughs> that means yes. Yeah. yeah that yeah. means we're going to get sure, the nightmare animal. Not a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not maybe. Not maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You, there, there will be. Will. Yeah. There will be. <laughs> okay. It will haunt your dreams. And before I talk about the Harris three-spot moth, uh, I want to share <laughs> with you guys... You know how like we, we talked about in the show many times, like, groups of animals have, have names. Sure. Right? Um, right. A parliament names. of owls. Yeah. <laughs> was a Roomba of snakes. Right. <laughs> so there are also very specific baby names for different animals. Oh, sure. Puppy. Pup. Uh, kitten for cats. Calf. Uh, so here I have a list of interesting names for baby animals that we don't really see every day. Okay. I think they're funny. So cow. You said calf, right? Calf is... A baby cow. There is another name for a motherless calf. A specific name. And I didn't know. I came across this. I was like, is this real? Mm -hmm. It's Dogie. Like get along little Dogie? Yeah, like get along little Dogie. D-O-G-I-E. Yeah, like Like in the old western songs. Oh, so they're not talking about doggies? Little orphan cows. Little cows. (laughs) So it's an orphan orphan baby cow. They're the same. Makes much more sense now. Right. Well, we know baby chickens are called chicks. Yeah. There's also specific young girl chick and young boy chick. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. A pullet for a young girl chick, young oh. hen, mm-hmm. and a cockerel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard, that. Yeah, I've heard, heard these names and I didn't know what they meant. Yeah, interesting. Um, pullet and cockerel. Cockerel. Pullet and cockerel. A young eel. Okay. It's oh. called an elver. Oh, oh. Okay. They're all like, slimy and gross. <laughs> but they're babies. It's, it's a cute yeah. word, yeah. Oh, yeah, BBMs are all Yeah, all, well, also all babies are slimy and gross, so that's fine. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's yeah at one point. This one, maybe because English is my second language, I didn't know. Uh, a baby fish is fry. Small you know, fry. Oh, like yeah. a small, small fry. fry. And I was like, mm-hmm. that, I always thought like small fry was like an actual potato fry. Oh, that's like, very small. Oh. The, the little brown one <laughs> yeah, at the like, bottom. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. really care about <laughs> the little crunchy small one. Fry. Yeah, that's right. 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 Fry. Yeah. fry is a, yeah. which is funny because another, Bonus fry. another uh, name for a young fish is fingerling. And I think of fingerling potatoes. So yeah. It's all like yeah. potatoes in my head. <laughs> A young hare, a baby hare, is a leveret. Oh, oh that's a good word. Leveret. These are great words. How do you words? spell yes. that one? Yeah. L-E-V-E-R-E-T. That's leveret. a good Scrabble word. That leveret. Those letters leveret. will come up. Yeah. That's a really good um, one. Yeah. Young oyster, baby oyster, is a spat. Huh. Oh. I think it might be in the Alice in yes, Wonderland poem. it is. Poem. So... 
peacock is very funny because peacock is the animal peacock yep. is really referring to the, the boy. Male, right. yeah. So yeah. He's yeah. And uh-huh. of course their baby is pea a pea chick. Pea chick. So cute. Not a chick pea. Not a chick pea. A pea chick. Pea chick. A swan baby. Oh, a signet. Yeah. Signet. All right, here we go. Baby animals are usually really cute. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you... Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever shared this on the show, mm-hmm. but you guys know. Um, my diet is very strange. I'm not really a vegetarian. <laughs> I'm an ugly-tarian. Ugly-tarian. I, mm-hmm. I eat animals. I, I don't eat animals I find cute. I eat animals I find ugly. So I'll eat shrimp, but I won't eat ducks because I think ducks are cute. Mm-hmm. Cows and, and pigs are cute. Most mammals are cute. Yeah. And the thing is, if the baby version is cute, then I will not eat that animal. <laughs> so... Most baby animals are very cute. Not this one. So I want to introduce you this species called the Harris three-spot moth. It's just a, you know, kind of like a standard moth that has three brown spots on it. So the Harris three-spot moth, the caterpillar of it, it's supposed to look like bird poop. Okay. It's supposed Whoa. to look like discarded animals. What color? It's, it's brown with white spots okay. or okay. white colorations that look like bird poop right. or poop. Saves it from predators. So yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. a camouflage technique. And even the shape, you think of caterpillars as like a plump, long thing. No, yeah. it's it's weird and nightmare and gnarly. And it has like these weird, not thorns, or uh, the spindles <laughs> that come out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gross. As caterpillars, they, they molt, right? They have to replace their casing and skin. And what this caterpillar does is it keeps the head skin and it would <laughs> save it on one of the spindles coming out from the body multiple of them okay various molts so <laughs> oh. there'd be a caterpillar oh. with three dried head molts like yeah. heads on pikes up yeah, like cattle. heads on pikes <laughs> a they have camouflage going for them uh-huh. b if they do get threatened they'll thrash around and it looks like the heads are moving and it's like kind of like oh. violent jerks and it would might scare people away that is, yeah. That's pretty freaky. <laughs> That's pretty freaky. I need to see a picture now. Well, yeah. there's video of it thrashing, so so have fun with that. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Let me ask you guys, how how old were you guys when you had your first jobs? And I'm not, I'm not talking about like lemonade like, stand. I'm talking about you did some work and someone, not your parents, right. gave you money and for that work. taxes were taken out of it, basically. Eh, we'll, we'll fudge on taxes. Okay. But you got taxes money. Taxes should have been taken out of it. <laughs> money for work performed. Yeah. How old 13. were you? 16. Oh, 13, huh? 13. Yeah. Wow. I was a tutor. Uh, 16. 16. Yeah, I think I was 16 as well. I was like, yeah. Okay, so all around the same. I want you guys to imagine starting your life in the working world at age four. Whoa. Just. I, I would have been terrible right. at yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. And we're not, we're not talking about Shirley Temple here. No, right? we are not talking about the cushy life of a Hollywood actor. Uh, once upon a time, I mean, not that long ago, it, it was totally commonplace. Mm-hmm. It was accepted. It was even encouraged to have children as young as four mm-hmm. entering the workforce. To do what? Well, what to do to do, do lots of things. Uh, and, you know, in Europe and America, before modern labor laws started appearing in, right. you know, in the 1800s generally, there was virtually no regulation at all around child labor. Mm-hmm. Virtually none. And, I mean, I should say, you know, there are obviously many places in the world today still, where there yeah. still is child labor. The, the main difference between now and, you know, 200 years ago is is that now child labor is pretty much universally condemned. It still happens. It's still there. Most people don't consider it a good thing. 
<laughs> back in the good old days uh, mm-hmm. or bad old days, there was a lot of work to be done everywhere, uh, right. and you'd find all the hands you could do to do it. Sadly, the primary advantage of child laborers has well, there've been two. One is they'll work cheap. Um, mm, they yeah. work more cheap than adults. And the second is their size. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, going back to like 15, 16, 17, 1800s, a lot of the roles for child laborers were because they were small and could get in places that full size adults could not. It was very common to have children working in mines and coal oh, mines yeah. or, yeah. you know, Chimneys. gemstones, yeah. right? Because they can get into tight little spots. As bad as it is for your health to be a coal miner as a grown-up, yeah, it's it's when your lungs are still developing, substantially yeah. worse to be down there as a child. As mm. you say, your body is still developing. Mm. You know, your, all of your systems are still developing. You know, you could be burned out of a life as a miner as a kid by the time you were a teenager. You know, mm-hmm. you could be mm-hmm. just so many ailments stacked up that you're done. Kids would have rickets just <laughs> because you're you're yeah, underground right, yeah. all day. You're yeah. not exposed to light. What's, what's rickets? It's it's a vitamin D deficiency oh, because okay. you're not getting supposed to sunlight. It makes your bones weak and brittle, mm. and they can become malformed. And your body's still growing, and you're underground yeah. harvesting coal. My you know my first vision of a chimney sweep is from Mary Poppins. Yeah, probably right, like yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I assure you that real life chimney sweeps were nowhere near as jolly as their <laughs> they, film they, counterparts. They didn't go around yeah. singing about it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, in in real life, particularly in in England, where there was a lot more coal and chimney sweeping, uh, <laughs> uh, your average chimney sweeping crew would have several young boys uh, as part of the crew, and they were called climbing boys. And their mm-hmm. job was to climb inside the chimneys yeah. and scrub them out in places that a grown up couldn't reach. There's some reports of boys as young as three and a half. What? I mean, just imagine trying to explain to a three and a half year old, this is the work that you need to do. It said that uh, sometimes to keep the uh, climbing boys from slacking off, you know, while they're inside there, it was not uncommon for crew bosses to light small fires near the grates to send heat and smoke up the flue. Kind of like, hey, keep working. Don't slack off here. (gasps) (laughs) It's going to get really uncomfortable. You might be uh, retired as a climbing boy by the time you were 12, and Mm -hmm. you might be stooped over and bruised and hunched to show for it. You might think that, okay, well, you know, some of the advances of the Industrial Revolution would bring about better conditions, right? Yes and no. Yes, you are outside of the mines. You're not underground. You're not inside a chimney. You might be in a factory. But inside a factory was dangerous, dangerous work. And the job for a lot of children in factories early on was uh, runners, was one term for them. Say you're working in a textile factory and there's a snag or a breakage or something on the giant machines. (gasps) You would send little kids in there. To, to, to root out inside the machinery because yeah. yeah. they can fit inside the gears and around the little tight spots mm. to fix whatever problem there was. It was tough, oh. tough, dangerous work. Not all these children were volunteers. A lot of them were no. very poor. A lot of them were orphans. A lot of them were pressed into service. A lot of them were stolen children oh. for the purpose of mm-hmm. working in factories okay. until 1814 in England. There was no law outright forbidding the theft of children. What? Yes. There is a story of a woman named Elizabeth Salmon who abducted a child in 1802. 
She was only charged, when once she was discovered, she mm. was only charged with theft of the girl's clothes. Because that was the only part of her act that was that technically illegal. Wow. Yeah. Crazy to imagine some of these things that seem mm. like common sense. Well, nothing is a law until you make it a law. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess we have to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this right. is a thing now. People are... Uh, uh, there was a little bit of relief with the Factory Act of 1844, which reduced the number of hours that a child could work. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't ban, it could reduce. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically said that you could no longer have things like kids working 12 to 14 hour shifts in some factories and workplaces six days a week. <laughs> kids so, got mandatory cigarette breaks. <laughs> yeah. Whiskey breaks. They would probably yeah. be glad to have the cigarette yeah. breaks. Yeah, right, yeah. So yeah, you would bring it down to a much more respectable, you know, eight or ten hour day, maybe only four to five days a week as yeah. a child. Thankfully, as both both Europe and America moved, you know, toward the end of the 1800s and into the early 1900s. Uh, child labor was, you know, bit by bit reduced and reduced, and eventually pretty much outlawed in, mm-hmm. in all cases. You know, and there are weird little exceptions like actors well, today, oh, but yeah, even yeah, today yeah. there are really strict regulations oh, yeah. on child labor. You that's know, why. That's school. why in, on like TV shows like Full House, they they get twins to play one girl. That's right? absolutely right because yeah. they'll have rules that any given child under a certain age can only be on set for you know 20 minutes let's say at a time or working only a certain number of hours a day Mm -hmm. so yeah this is why they'll get uh, multiples twins or triplets even if you're lucky to play young kids in TV and Mm -hmm. movies and things like that so as much as I grumbled about having to go get a job when I was in high school I'm glad I did not have to start when I was five yeah Yeah. alright let's take a, a quick break a word from our sponsor and you're listening to Good Job Brain this week we're talking about babies and children and Talk about offsprings. Whether you are currently a child or used to be a child or have children, you've probably uh, encountered uh, Dr. Seuss books. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is not the story of Dr. Seuss. This is a quiz. It is a quiz baby that I have birthed and will uh, bestow upon you. (laughs) Um, That sounds bad. I want to know. um, uh, You you all know the Dr. Seuss books. I want to know how well you know some of these Dr. Seuss books. All right, well, we'll see. All right. A lot of these have entered into popular culture. Uh, so each of you um, have a notepad Jeez. and a pen. Okay. Uh, and that is how we will play this. So you guys will write down your answers. If you're following along at home, I'll let you know what everyone has written down. And uh, we'll see who gets it right. If anyone. If this were a roll doll, it'd be a different matter. But I didn't, sure. I did not grow up. That is another quiz for another episode. Yeah. Another right. time. Yeah. So uh, for this first question, I'm going to give you a quote. And uh, there will be a blank. And you will write down the word that goes in the blank. All right. <clears throat> Here's the quote. This one has a little star. This one has a little car. Say what a lot of blank there are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. 
paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Karen is locked in. Dana is locked in. Colin does not have anything. <laughs> Say, what a lot of blank there are. One has a little star. One has a little car. Colin, your time is up. Yeah. So, um, Karen says fish. Dana says ones. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, books. Books. <laughs> um, Karen is correct. Yeah. This is from one fish, two fish, as red fish, blue fish. fish. Yeah. All right. I yeah. thought it was ones because it would that would also work with the it quote. would it yeah. would with Doctor Seuss. Yeah, of course. Um, and then something went bump. How that bump made us jump is a line from a book. What what was the thing? What was the bump? What made the bump that made them jump? And then something went bump. How that bump made us jump. What went bump? Karen's locked in. Dana's locked in. Colin is locked in. Uh, Colin says, oh. who? Uh, oh. Dana says, the cat in the hat. And Karen says, the cat in the hat. It is the cat in the yeah. hat. All right, here we go. On the 15th of May, in the jungle of Newell, in the heat of the day, in the cool of the pool, he was splashing, enjoying the jungle's great joys, when blank the blank heard a small noise. Mm. We have two blanks. Blank the blank. Colin is locked in. Karen is locked in. Dana is locked in. Colin says Horton and Elephant. Karen says Horton and Elephant. Dana says Horton the Elephant. It is Horton the Elephant. Yeah. The small noise he was hearing is the hoo. All right. I like the cool of the pool. That's the cool nice... of the pool. It was a nice yeah. opening. Yeah. Here is a uh, a little uh, a few rhyming lines. Just tell me what book these are from. Chicks with bricks come. Chicks with blocks come. Chicks with bricks and blocks and clocks come. Whoa. Hey, all right. <laughs> head out of the head out of the gutter. Say it again, actually. Back in the pool full of kids. All right, mm-hmm. here. Chicks with bricks come. Chicks with blocks come. Click, chicks with bricks and blocks and clocks come. It is a bit of a tongue twister. It is a book of very specifically tongue twisters. Dancing on a razor with that one. <laughs> Karen is locked in. Dana is locked in. Colin is locked in. Dana says, I don't know. Uh, Colin, Colin says, hop on pop. And Karen says, green eggs and ham. The answer is fox in socks. Yes! Oh, wow, you're celebrating. I remember reading this one, but I just couldn't uh, remember. Okay. I was like, yeah. Fox in socks. Yeah. Uh, and knocks on box knocks and on all box. sort yep. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. yeah. yeah. In How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Grinch steals from the residents of Whoville three types of food that are called out by name. Name two of them. Mm. If that's too hard, name one of them. But two are they are they normal food or is it made up food? He steals three types of food. (laughs) All of them. All of them are. I- evocative of a certain type of food. There is a one specific line where he's talking about all the things that the Grinch is stealing. I'm trying he, to think. I'm he, trying to think of what rhymes with other things. Three things are <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's that's a way to do it. Yep. Dana has a couple of foods written down. Karen has some foods written down. Colin, is, Colin, oh, Colin well, weighs in good. with jellies and jams. Karen weighs in with cake, cookies, and candy. Um, and Dana says turkey and ham. <laughs> you have all failed horribly. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Um, he steals first. He steals from them who pudding. 
Okay. He steals the very well-known roast beast, uh, and the Grinch even takes their last can of hoo hash. <laughs> Got it. Uh, here is another uh, opening rhyming couplet from a book. Um, On the faraway island of Salamasand, blank the blank was king of the pond. Ooh. On the faraway island of Salamasand, blank the blank was king of the pond. Karen is locked in. I can picture that page. Oh, man. I can picture it. I just don't remember. Colin is having some trouble. Just put something. Dana is locked in. Colin, you are out of time. Karen says, don't know. Dana (laughs) says, can you read that for me? Either Myrtle or Ertle the Turtle. Oh, Yertle the Turtle. It is Yertle. Yertle. Yes. So, sadly, no points all or half point. 50%. Yep, yep, Yep. (laughs) 0.5. That's 0.5 more than we got. (laughs) All that I've noticed, except my own feet, was a horse and a wagon on blank blank. All that I've noticed, except my own feet, was a horse and a wagon on blank, blank. (laughs) It's not right, but it rhymes. Uh, Everyone locked in. Uh, Dana says, Sesame Street. Colin says, can you read that for me? Mulberry Street. Mulberry Street. And Karen says, Crazy Street. (laughs) Yeah. And I was, and you did need to get both for one point. Uh, The winner is Colin. The book is To Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street. Dr. Susan's first book for children. Oh, was it? Yeah. All right. And the last question. Let's talk about green eggs and ham. In the, the dish, green eggs and ham, that one character keeps trying to get the other character to eat during Uh the entire book. What actual parts of the food are green? Oh. All right, Karen is locked in. Everybody is locked in. Karen says yolk. Colin says yolks and pork chop. And Dana says egg yolks. The person who is most correct is Colin. Oh, the Because ham the is egg awesome. yolks are green and also the ham is green. That's what I was thinking. It's I not, was like, it's, yeah, uh, as it turns it? out, it's green eggs and yeah, ham. And okay. green eggs. Green <laughs> eggs and ham. Not just green eggs and, and regular ham. ham. Green yeah. eggs and yes, green indeed. ham. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was tricky. That was trickier than right, I thought right, going right. in. Yeah. And then you hear the answers like, oh, yeah, that. Yep. I mean, there's probably a lot of parents with small children out there that ran the board on that. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Say, it's easy to write poetry when, like, you just get to the part where you have to put the rhyming word in. Then you, you just make, make up, up a word. word. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he dined out a lot on that. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media.
So, Chris, as a father-to-be, yeah. uh, you will no doubt soon be learning, of course, the joys of various kids' books, as we just went over. Indeed. You will also, I'm sure, be learning the joy-slash-pain of kids' music. Lullabies. You know, mm. just the oh. same old lullabies. They're great the first time, the first ten times, but as a parent, if you have to hear some of these things hundreds of times, they can get a little old. So what I think is a brilliant stroke of music marketing and music selling, there are companies that now create lullaby and baby versions of normal oh, adult baby. rock songs. Okay. Yes, I, rockabye I, baby. Oh. Rockabye baby. This is not an official plug or anything, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I have taken several rockabye baby covers of very well-known rock songs. As Karen said, they're all instrumental. So for me, part of the fun with these kind of songs is listening to at what point do I like, oh, I recognize yeah, this song. I imagine I it'll be it. like sort of familiar, but you won't be able to place it without a little bit more help. And they're really well done. Once you hear them, like, for me, I can't help but smile when I hear these. The arrangements are fantastic. The arrangements are great. I'll start us off here with one that I think is fairly straightforward. So keep in mind, these are all very famous, very well-known rock songs. All right, here we go. So here's the first sample, just kind of give you guys a flavor. Tell me what song this is. Karen, Karen. Uh, fell in love with a girl by the White Stripes. That is. Oh, fell in love with okay. a girl by the I'm, White okay. Stripes. Okay, I'm so glad that I have no idea what that song is because, what? like, no. I've never heard that song before. Oh. Really. So I'm listening to this going, oh man, I hope that, like, this isn't, like, a familiar <laughs> song that I know. Right, because right. Because then I, yeah. I want to play it for you. I'm like, do you oh, really? Yeah. You don't know? The video was made it. out of Legos? Oh. Nah, nope. Okay. Yeah, kind of the first, I think the first White Stripes hit right. song, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. If he hasn't heard it, he hasn't heard it. All right. Just, just <laughs> I'm just saying I'm relieved. Okay. Here we go. Next one. Tell me what song this is. We will rock yeah. you, my queen. It really yeah. does. They they really are. Uh, they're they're slow. It's um, so it, slow down. Yeah, yeah. They do. They'll it, change the tempo on some of them. And it just and 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 not only that, but it's just like I know we will rock you, but it's just hard to get it. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. A punk classic. I want to be sedated. Yes. Oh yeah. my god. Yes. The Ramones. I, I want to be oh, sedated. Man. A very sedate version. Of quite, quite, it. yes. Here we go. Another hard rocking classic. What song is this? Oh, uh, 
Karen. Paradise City with the grass is green. <laughs> yes, Paradise City by uh, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses, that's wow. right. One of my personal favorite rock songs here. Yes, as seen in Fight Club. Yes, Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Such a good song. I mean, if you guys like this lullaby stuff, there are so many kind of instrumental covers of rock songs. I love the wedding ones with the violin. Yeah, the Vitamin String Quartet does a whole selection. They have like all Fleetwood Mac, Mm -hmm. like, you know, all wedding, all You're right, it is very much in the same vein. Um, And there's also... um, Brass band oh. interpretations, too, are really big. And also, like, banjo bluegrass. Hmm. Like, I have a whole album of uh, brass band Daft Punk, mm. which is really interesting. That does sound interesting. Yeah, like, I love listening to, like, weird instrumental covers of songs you already know. And Where Is My Mind is always, it's always in one of these. Huh. It shows the strength of a lot of these songs yeah. that they can be, I think, deconstructed and reinterpreted, and they're still good mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. All right, last one, last one for your little uh, punk music fan baby might enjoy hearing this. something today (laughs) all right and that's our show thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys listeners for listening and hope you learned a lot of stuff about babies and offspring target data predictions child actors and actresses child labor and also uh some cool names for baby animals that you might have not known Mm -hmm. And you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And check out our sponsor at Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Traffic jams tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.